Welcome to the Jack Weston MCAT Podcast with your host, Phil Hawkins. And Asai Calderon Muñiz. All right. Welcome to the next episode of us going through the biology section, bio, biochem. We're really excited to continue this with you guys. We're going to be jumping on to a new topic. So last time we talked about amino acids, this time we're diving into the world of genetics. And so, you know, put on your seatbelt, get ready for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I know if we you. kind of hinted at this last week with like so many of these topics are related. So we were talking about like amino acids and we kind of talked about mutations. Actually, there's a disease these we talked about last week that we're also going to talk about today. And so it's just like all these things tend to be linked so much, which is nice. Yeah. And hopefully, again, you know, we can provide you guys things that you'll see on the MCAT, some background, some things you'll see in the future, and just um, just something to to keep you guys engaged. We we want to make sure that, you know, as you're going through, you're not losing motivation studying for the MCAT, mm-hmm. but you can maintain that motivation and find, find the good in getting to study for the MCAT. Um, so jumping into, into genetics. So I think a lot of us understand what a gene is, right? A gene is a set of nucleotides, genetic information that encodes the, um, the directions, the instructions for making proteins, producing all sorts of ultimately almost everything that we see in, um, in the human body there, you know, it's so incredibly important. It affects how we, um, how we are, how we present to the world, um, just so much. And so when we're thinking about genetics, when we're thinking about the genome, we often think about, okay, well, individual genes, right? How do they express what they need to express. And so, for example, right, last time we talked about hair, right, what what actually produces, you know, the proteins that that are in hair. Um, And so um, little things like that. Well, lots of big things, but also little things like that. And so when we're thinking about these presentations, we will often also think about what are called alleles. And so these are going to be different versions of the same gene that will produce um, different phenotypes. We'll get into phenotypes in a moment. And so genotypes are the actual um, instructions. Alleles are the version of the instructions that will make you unique and make you who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, So moving on from the genotype, right? The genotype can, um, well, actually very quick thought. So the genotype can have different patterns of inheritance. We're not going to go over that here, but that's something to look uh, into, right? The alleles, how your parents pass them on to you. That's something that you need to be familiar with on test day. Um, But ultimately the genotype and the alleles that you inherit will produce a phenotype. And so the phenotype is really just what we see, right? The actual manifestation of the alleles of the genotype. So it can be something like height. It can be something like um, uh, melanin production and, and um, skin tone. It can be something like hair, right? There's a whole, a whole range. And so the phenotype is this collection that you'll see how the allele presents and thinking about medicine, the clinical manifestation of also diseases, right? Because a lot of diseases, have genetic bases that um, ultimately, you know, produce or not produce different illnesses, how they present, et cetera. Yeah. This, I always think like genotype is the gene phenotype is the physical. So like, what do you, what, what's going on with your genes and what's going on with how it presents? It's possible. Like I actually, I, I should, I, I should have looked this up and checked myself on this, but I, I, I'm pretty sure that the gene that causes cystic fibrosis 
is actually not that rare. It's in about 10% of people. Um, and like 10% of people don't have cystic fibrosis, but 10% of people do have that gene, but that's a recessive gene. And so as a result, like if you have one copy of that gene that causes cystic fibrosis and you have one copy that doesn't, then like you just don't have cystic fibrosis because the, the regular gene can cover for the other one. The, the, the mutant gene is recessive. Um, so you have to have two copies of that gene to have the disease. And so if somebody doesn't have cystic fibrosis, they're phenotypically normal. Like their phenotype is just regular, like not disease. Um, then like they could have two copies of the regular gene or they could have a copy of the regular gene and then the mutant copy. And so their genotypes can be different. And so there's some differences between genotypes and phenotypes. Phenotype is what we see. Genotype is what's going on with the genes overall. Um, what's interesting, and I think this like autosomal recessive, autosomal dominant stuff that you kind of like hinted at, you do need to know about that kind of classical Mendelian genetics, like with Mendel, uh, Gregor Mendel and his pea plants. Like that's, I think what most people, stu- most people and most students know about genetics, but it turns out that there's some other added layers of complexity. There are times where two people might have the same gene but they're like the same, the exact same genes, but they're phenotypically different, right? And so like you could have a case where like this, having this gene doesn't mean that you will have the disease or maybe it means you you might have the disease, but it might be more severe or less severe. And it's not solely tied to like just what genes you have. And so this is what we call variable expressivity and variable penetrance, which we're gonna dive in deep into these things. And so- Variable expressivity is when, like, if you have the gene, you have this phenotype, but how severe that is can change. And so that's variable in how much it's expressed. And so it's a variable expressivity. Um, there's lots of examples of this in the in the real world, but like uh, one related to medicine and to disease. And this uh, one that's fairly you know well known in this this region is Marfan syndrome. Um, Marfan syndrome is a, is, it's a mutation in the fibrillin gene. And it's really interesting because like Mar- people with Marfan syndrome have a very interesting phenotype. Um, Marfan syndrome generally makes people taller. They tend to be like very tall and very skinny and lanky. Um, and so this, this gene fibrillin is related to like elastic tissues. And so there's some interesting things with like growth and collagen and stuff like that. And so they also tend to have like, I mean, that sounds like just a good thing. Like, Oh, like don't make me taller. Right. Like most people like want to be tall. Um, but there are also some problems because if this connective tissue stuff isn't working properly, you can end up with, um, problems with the lens of the eye or pain in the joints or probably most severe. And the, the thing you're most worried about with Marfan syndrome is issues with the aorta, right? And so how elastic is your aorta as your blood's pumping into that? Um, and so a lot of times people's aortas can rupture if they have like a really high blood pressure and like blood's really pumping into this. Now, Marfan is a variable expressivity. So you might have two people that both have the genes that cause Marfan syndrome. We've identified those genes. We know these genes cause Marfan but one of them is way more severe than the other. And so even though they both have the genes, 
it might be expressed at different levels or like how severe the disease is. And so it is important to know that there is this variable expressivity. And sometimes it's not just purely the genes um, that's going on. There is that whole stuff with like, like I mentioned, the classic Mendelian genetics, but this is like non-Mendelian. And so we do need to know that these things do exist. And sometimes it's a little bit more complex than just a Punnett square. Yeah. And I think the way I've, I've always thought about this and keep in mind, right. This is not what, um, this is not like genetics, but the way I've always thought about this is the, the variable expressivity is if you get sick with the cold, right? You might have a different set of symptoms than your friend who gets sick with the cold, right? Or COVID. Um, And so people can have different uh, expressions of this, this um, illness and this infection. And that's like variable expressivity, right? Another related topic that you already, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I I just want to say like, I want to be like really clear that like that's not technically variable expressivity, yeah. but it's very much like that because there is a little bit of a relationship there. I also, exactly. I also did want to talk about just, there was this one uh, person who had Marfan syndrome um, uh, a while ago who, this was like, I think like 10, 15 years ago. And everyone thought that he was going to be the number one draft in the NBA. I think they do draft. I'm very much a football guy, but the number one pick or higher or whatever it is that the NBA does. Um, like they, every, every team was really wanting to, to, to get him there because he's like so tall and young and skilled, but then it was discovered that he had Marfan syndrome and like because of this problem with the aorta when you exercise a lot and have really high blood pressures it makes your aorta more likely to rupture and so this guy who was like everyone thought he was going to have a like a major nba career all of a sudden couldn't play basketball like he can't like exert himself overtly because there's a good chance he will rupture his aorta and like that's a thing that like they can't just get you to the hospital and like, like if your aorta ruptures, you have like the, the time you have left is, is probably in seconds or minutes, not hours. Um, and so it was a really interesting thing. I think that's one of, you know, kind of like in the realm of like application of these things, he had a fairly severe expression. Like that's why he was really tall. Um, and so just something to kind of like think about is like, like how severe these are and like how much it's expressed. And that's that whole variable expressivity. Sorry. I was just like super excited (laughs) to uh, talk about this, this basketball guy. No, I love that we can talk about illnesses and and related, you know, topics as, as we go through the the outline. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of jumping back to this non-genetics analogy of, you know, getting sick with, um, with the cold. So, you know, you already hinted at this, Phil, but there's also this idea of penetrance, right? So whether having the gene, whether having the allele, um, for example, for an illness actually produces a phenotype or not, right? It's like if you get exposed to the common colds, the flu, right? Do you actually get sick or not? right? Some people aren't going to get sick and some people will get sick. Similarly, if you have the allele, you may have the, um, the illness, but you also may not. And so this idea of incomplete penetrance, again, it's just when the allele is present, when the genotype is present for an illness, for a, um, and not just illnesses, right? Just for other things, like we said, you know, 
these are multifactorial, but, you know, hair, um, skin tone, et cetera, you know, height, um, predisposition to, to other things. Um, it's, it's whether it actually presents. Right. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think like a good example of that, just to like put it in people's mind is like the BRCA gene, which is a gene that makes you more likely to develop breast cancer. It like, if you have that gene, that doesn't mean you have cancer, right? Like if you have that gene, that means there's a good chance you might develop, you're more likely to develop cancer. And so whether or not you have the phenotype is actually variable, not so with expressivity, how much you have the phenotype, like how severe is your Marfan syndrome? How severe is your whatever? That's expressivity. Like, is it being expressed at all or not? And like, that can be variable and that's the penetrance side. Yeah. And, um, Another example of this that, you know, people have probably heard of um, is Huntington's disease, right? So we talked about it a little bit Mm -hmm. last week, um, but we're coming back to it. So with Huntington's disease, we know the gene that's involved, right? It's the Huntington gene. Um, And so there are these repeats in the nucleotide sequence. So CAG repeats that will, uh, that will predict, right? The penetrance of actually having and developing Marfan, uh, having and developing Huntington's disease yeah. um, and, you know, when it, when the onset is. And so what's actually really interesting is we can quantify this. So for example, people who have this repeat about 27 to 35 times are actually more likely to be asymptomatic and not have, you know, the phenotype, not uh, have that that high penetrance. Um, whereas once you get closer to uh, the 36 to 40 um, repeats being inherited, you have more of a complete, uh, incomplete, excuse me, um, penetrance. And so, you know, you may or may not develop it. And then once you hit that 40 mark and more, uh, it actually tends to have complete penetrance. And so um, it's it's important to keep in mind, people can get, you know, tested for this. And there are a lot of implications with that. There's an implication of, if you get incomplete penetrance, right? What what's the the mental burden of that, or what's the mental burden if you know you find out that you're in this past forty range and you'll probably get Huntington's disease? So these are things that geneticists keep in mind, that doctors keep in mind when they're doing genetic testing for patients with things that have variable um, and incomplete penetrance. So something else with this that I just think is really interesting is the protein that it encodes for, we're not a hundred percent sure what it even does. Um, so we have, we, you know, think it's involved in brain signaling. We think it's involved in, you know, transport of materials and maybe protecting from apoptosis. Um, so these are all things that we, you know, we think it does. And there are actually a lot of illnesses that we don't always know what the protein's function is, um, which can, you know, make it a little tougher to understand. But what we can understand is how people actually present. So thinking about the phenotype. So you have a patient that comes in, you know, I, Mm -hmm. med school does this to you. You're totally, you're totally in med school mode. And I love it because that's also like for the people who are listening right now, like this is just a, you guys are getting a glimpse into your future here. Um, I, I love it. In case anyone doesn't know, I'm in my second year of uh, medical right. school and I'm in my clinical, I already started my clinical year and my clinical rotations. Yeah. I think um, you're in doing neuro right now also. And so, so or did you just actually, finish that? 
Yeah. So it's actually a little odd because in the program that I'm in, I do everything the entire year. So like in the morning, I'll do one specialty and in the afternoon, I do a different specialty, but we're taking our shelf exams, which are like the MCAT for specific specialties. So right now I am studying for, um, for the neurology shelf. And so a lot of these, you know, I'm a little biased. <laughs> They're what I'm studying. So, um, you know, I have that, uh, that yeah. availability bias. Right. Um, yeah. So with Huntington's, you have a patient, you know, brought in by, by their family member and they've noticed, Hey, like, you know, my, my mom, she's doing these, these weird things with her hands. And sometimes she's wringing her hands. Sometimes her body starts jerking and, you know, it almost looks like she's dancing, but I know she's not dancing. Um, and you're starting to think, okay, these dancing like movements, right? Um, the term we use for that is Korea. And so, you know, you're like, okay, hmm, that's, that's interesting. That's pretty classic for, for Huntington's. And just, then as just, just for people listening, Korea is C-H. O-R-E-A, not like (laughs) North and South Korea. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so then, you know, as it progresses, it might cause these slower, rigid movements. um, And then eventually when it's when it's later, it can actually produce things like dementia, like, you know, major depression, like aggression. So that's why it's so important to keep in mind, right, the emotional and psychological burden of knowing whether or not, you know, you will develop this phenotype from the genotype. Right. And that's like Huntington's is uh, like a hundred percent fatal, like in the like the the prognosis of it. Um, usually, it starts to hit people in their like thirties, forties. Although I think it can hit earlier if you have like more of those repeats and like exactly when it hits and how severe. Um, but generally, like it doesn't go past it. So, but like it's kind of interesting because this is a one hundred percent fatal, um, purely genetic disease. And so a lot of times those don't propagate in populations because like if something is fatal, I'm less likely to pass that down. So there's like an evolutionary bias away from that. The thing is most people have kids before they're in their like mid forties. That might not actually be, I feel like we're kind of moving towards that, that region nowadays, but like, you know, turn back the clock a hundred years. Like most people hit, you know, I've got my six kids and I just turned 25, right? Like that's sort of scenario. Um, and so because Genoate doesn't hit until you're like thirties and forties, um, like it, it did kind of like propagate and like, this is a disease that is within the, the population. And as you mentioned, those people who have like those repeats, like if they have like 37, 38 repeats in there, like that, that has this like incomplete penetrance where we're not, and this can be like really like scary. Like imagine this, that like. I have this disease or I have this genotype. I have the mutation and so, like, but, but because it's incomplete penetrance, I don't know if I'm going to have the disease or not. And so it's just this kind of like crossing your fingers. And this is something that as a physician, a lot of times people um, like the population doesn't really understand this incomplete penetrance and incomplete expressivity stuff. They think like, Oh, if I've, got the genes, I've got the disease, right? Like, no, like, especially with like Huntington's, especially in that one window of like that middle number of repeats. Um, it's like, uh, like we know you got the genes, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have the, like the disease overall. And that's this incomplete penetrance. I, I, I know a lot of times students get twisted up between the penetrance versus expressivity. Um, <laughs> this like, 
this is a little bit weird, but like, I think like if you like step on a nail or something, the question isn't like, how, like, did I get, like, did, was my skin penetrated or not? The question is how much, right? And so like, I guess now that I think about it, that's a bad example, right? So like, because <laughs> penetrance is like whether or not you are, you are, or you aren't, and it's one thing or another, right? Expressivity is how much, right? Penetrance. So if you have incomplete penetrance, some people with the genes will have the disease. Some people won't. If you have variable expressivity, that means everyone's got it, but how severe is it going through there? Yeah. Maybe something that we could, we could kind of incorporate into that example is whether or not, you know, you'll get an infection um, from having stepped on something. So again, this is, this is not genetic, um, but it's just a good, a good analogy, right? You step on it. um, Will you actually get um, get an infection. And if you do, right. So that's penetrance, right. Thinking about, um, Mm -hmm. the analogy. And then if you do, right. How will it, how will it look? How severe will the infection be? And that would be expressivity. Yeah. I I do want to, like, I should, we should probably point out, I know we focus a lot on diseases, but like, this doesn't have to like variable expressivity and penetrance. This applies to like lots of genes. Right. And so like red hair, right? Like that has some variable expressivity. Like how red is your red hair? Is it really red or is it like strawberry blonde? And like, so some variable (laughs) expressivity that if you have the genes for red hair, you're going to have red hair, but how red is it? Right. Like in that, that kind of like spectrum um, in there. And so like, that's something that you would have variable expressivity, variable penetrance would be like, if you had the genes for red hair and maybe Maybe you do have red hair, maybe you don't. And like, even though you have the genes and so that'd be variable penetrance. So note that this also applies to things beyond just disease. We just tend to think about disease because of the, you know, whole medicine aspect. And that's what people tend to think about medicine, but it does does apply to other things, like other traits overall, other than just uh, like just disease stuff. One last note. Um, so we've, I think we've mentioned it implicitly perhaps, or, you know, um, hinted at it implicitly. I don't know if we've mentioned it explicitly, even if you don't present with the phenotype, because you have the genotype, you can still pass on the allele to the offspring. Right. Right. And so keeping in mind, even if, right, you don't get the phenotype, your offspring may, depending on the penetrance. Yeah. That's also like in other things kind of overall, like like flipping back, this is an incomplete penetrance, but that's why pe- some people have cystic fibrosis. As we, as I mentioned earlier, I think like 10% of the alleles uh, in the population are cystic fibrosis alleles. But like, so even if you, if you are a heterozygote, I have a normal copy and like the gene for cystic fibrosis, like if I'm going, like, I don't have the disease, but if I pass down that mutant allele to my kid and my like significant other passes down a mutant allele as well, now that kid's going to have cystic fibrosis. So if both me, this is going into like the very Mendelian genetics, but like if I'm a carrier and my, my significant other is a carrier, then our child will be about one in four chance of having cystic fibrosis. Um, which is, which is kind of interesting overall. And like, now I want to talk about cystic fibrosis um, because there's some really interesting things there with, there's some thought, like if you have that, you're resistant to uh, cholera. I'm going to let you guys like look that up on your own because this like heterozygote superiority is super interesting. But um, like, that's just something to, to understand is that you, if you have the genotype, you can pass it down and it can be inherited. 
like phenotype his like that's just like is do you have it or not and that's where you can start to have this variable expressivity and penetrance stuff 